your identity isn't based on your flag, your culture. It's hmm. just not. Your identity is based on the fruits of the spirit, the qualities that God put in you. Because hmm. if he form, He knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb, right. then there are God-given qualities that came with the package. Mm -hmm. And that's who your real identity is. Mm -hmm. Now, are there things culturally that come with you? But you might have not grown up in the culture. And right. then you feel like you're not enough of something based on not having that. And that's just not true. Peace and blessings, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of the <laughs> Will the World podcast. I am your host, Jazz Will, and today, sitting next to me is the beautiful, the talented, the amazing Franceli Chapman Varela. Okay. Huh? You rolling the R? Did I do it? You what, did it, what it done? Yeah. Come on now. Episode <laughs> over. <laughs> Franceli Chapman. Well, my mom says Franceli. Ah, so Franceli. In English, people say Franceli, but Franceli is the way my mother says my name. Okay. Chapman Varela. And that's how I was born. Mm -hmm. My birth certificate originally said Franceli Chapman Varela. Mm -hmm. When I moved to America and became a citizen, my mom applied for my citizenship as just Franceli Chapman. Mm. So I was Franceli Chapman in school mm -hmm. and Franceli Chapman then once I was an American citizen. Mm -hmm. When I came to Los Angeles and became an actress. <laughs> <laughs> and, when, and when was this? Uh, I moved here in 2014. So now it's been mm. nine years. Nine years. It went by so yeah, fast. Yeah. And you know, you... I'm black. I'm blackity black. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm also a black woman from a Spanish speaking country. Mm -hmm. And so people couldn't get with that concept, especially in Hollywood. And so in order to get seen for roles, I decided to put my mother's last name on my headshot, mm. especially because my mother took $3,000 out of her 401k so I could join mm. SAG-AFTRA. Oh, yeah. So nice. that I had to honor my mother. Yeah. So now it's Franceli Chapman Varela. Franceli. <laughs> yes. See, that's how I'm saying now. Yes. So how many how many people call you Selly? Because I've been oh, calling goodness. you Selly for, what's it been, three years now? Like, so a little fun fact about me, uh -huh. you know, for three years, I lived in a small town in Illinois called Macomb. Mm -hmm. And so everyone in Macomb called me Fran. Because, mm. you know, uh, our other brothers and sisters don't know how to say Francelli <laughs> or Selly. So, you know, the others, they wanted to call me Fran. And so I was Fran for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And when I moved to New York... Fran wasn't cutting it, you know. Yeah, Fran don't yeah, cut it in yeah, the Bronx. Yeah. And I, my first boyfriend, when I was 15 years old, he called me Selly. And oh, that wow. became my rap name yeah. when I used to write rhymes, you know. And Selly. You gonna spit today? Maybe some poetry. I've become a poet. But yeah, I used to write poetry. I used to write rhymes when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And Selly became my, my name. And then I was a radio personality. And Selly was my radio personality. Mm -hmm. And it just became so much easier than trying to explain to people. People, mm -hmm. Fran Selly. Mm -hmm. And then I went through this like identity crisis. Mm -hmm. Am I Fran or am I Selly? Because part of moving to New York was I spoke very proper English. Mm -hmm. And people wanted to beat me up because they said, You talk white and you think you better than us. Mm -hmm. So Fran was the proper. Right, right. You know, the one who's very cosmopolitan, mm -hmm. who can sit at a gala, who could speak to the president of the university. Mm -hmm. And Selly was the chick from around the way. You feel me? <laughs> Selly gonna bring yeah. she gonna bring from that sour, that right. energy, yeah. you know, and it became this thing where I felt like I was 
sort of betraying the other version of me if mm. I would. And so then I'm like, am I faking it? Am I this? Am I that? And I got to this place in my life where it's all of who I am. Mm -hmm. It's all of those experiences. So I started really asking people to call me Fran Selly because I'm all of it. Mm -hmm. I'm Fran and Selly. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But it doesn't bother me when people call me Selly. Well, you, well you're Fran Selly <laughs> in my phone. Yes. Fran Selly in my Selly. phone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'd be like, Selly! Selly! <laughs> and I love it. Hit me on the Selly. Selly still brings me such great memories. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important that God gave you a name for a reason, yes, you know, yes. and your parents named you something for a reason. And unless there's really a conviction that it doesn't sit well with your person, mm -hmm. then that's a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. But there's something really powerful walking in the full authority of your name and who you are. Because mm -hmm. there's power to that, right? Mm -hmm. There's power in words, so there's power to your name. Yeah. And you know, that's honestly, that's something I still struggle with sometimes. Yes, I'm aware. Uh, I hear the podcast. Yeah. Because it's, it's a real You're thing. You're like Diddy. You change your name. Yeah. Like just... <laughs> However you know me, right. just call me by that. Right. Because like, honestly, I grew up not liking my name because mm -hmm. it was so different. Mm -hmm. You know, like we were talking about San Antonio earlier. We would go on these trips and you know, when you go into the gift shops, right. they got the little keychain. They never chain. have your name. You never got your name. Uh, so I'm like, The struggle was real as a kid. Why I can't be a, a Michael <laughs> or, right. or, or Marcus or something, you know, right. so I can give me a keychain. Mm -hmm. You know, but... A turning point, like the the little girls around the school started, you know, making little cute names out of mm. stuff. So I was okay. like, okay, yeah, uh, All right, I yeah. like it, I like it. But even today, the back and forth between, you know, a lot of people call me Jazz Will, and I do actually prefer my real name mm. now. But now there's like, I feel like a, like this branding opportunity with Jazz Will, like Jazz Will shoot it, Jazz Will do this, Jazz Will do that, uh -huh. you know, and it flows a little better. Yes, but I, but yeah, it's kind of and just the like the connotations between like people who knew me in the right. past, right? And I don't want them to be like, oh, that Jazz Will, I know Jazz Will, that boy. Yeah, you know, so Sally from the Bronx is very different than yeah. from Sally the pastor, right? <laughs> Woo, and we can talk about it. So, you know, that's the thing. It'll always, mm -hmm. but that's why it's so important to embrace right, all of who right, you are. Right. To embrace. So then, here's the thing. If you believe in what God says you're called to be, your opportunity to be put in the light, your opportunity to be put on a, on a platform that's gonna make people know your name mm -hmm. also comes with the opportunity for you to be exposed, right? Because mm -hmm. exposure, that's what it does. Yeah. The more exposure you have, the more possibility of being exposed. So mm -hmm. I expose myself. Mm -hmm. You're gonna know all of what Selly had going on, doesn't have mm -hmm. going on anymore, right? So then no one can come out the woodworks once I have a certain level of exposure and say, well, Selly used right. to do. Sally done already told the people. That's, that's an eight mile. <laughs> right. That, yeah, I already yeah. done told the people yeah. how far God has brought me. Because mm. I can't walk in the shame or the condemnation right. of, I didn't know better, so I wasn't doing better. Mm. And there's something powerful and beautiful about those scars, the way I used to live, the lack of worth I had in myself mm. that made those decisions to now saying, look, God has restored that time. Mm. God has restored those mistakes. Mm. And now I'm walking in his newness. Mm. And whether you rock with that or not, that's your business. Right, right. Yeah. But this is me and that's what it is. Mm. I love that. I love that. Yeah, so I, do that. You can I call yourself you. today, tomorrow, whatever you need. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes, you know, I've I've fallen victim to 
trying to make it make sense in this new era that mm, we're living in mm. between, you know, like social media, mm. branding, mm. entrepreneurship. So I'm always overthinking something. So you can know? I put something on your lap? Of course. Did Jesus make sense when he came into this world? No, not at all. And did he not become one of the most famous people on the planet? We still talking still about Still talking about him. So it's yeah. not about fitting in with the time or the culture. Right. It's about blowing yeah. the whole thing out yeah. the water. And that's yeah. really what makes you stand out and what makes you, quote unquote, famous. The most famous people are the people who were, went out the box, who mm -hmm. didn't follow the trend, who who completely are like, whoa, what's that? Right. Those are the people yeah. we pay attention to, right? And you know what's crazy? You sound like me talking. Like I've I've had this conversation where I can't tell you how many people where I've been in that seat. Right. But like I said, I've fallen victim to it as oh, well. We all you do. know, it's just like, yeah. And that's it's really within that aspect. Everything mm -hmm. else, y'all going right, I'm going left. Right. But when it comes to that, I'm like, but yeah, but nah, we figuring it out. Though. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We need to be reminded. We need to encourage each other. We need yeah. to push each other. That's why it says iron sharpens iron, mm -hmm, right? Because mm -hmm. that means you're already an iron. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not you're not a dull pencil. And even when there are moments where you're dull, it doesn't change that you're a pencil, which right. means you can exactly. be sharpened. Exactly. So, you know, sometimes we're just having a dull day or a dull mm -hmm, moment. Mm -hmm. And someone comes along whose pencil is sharp and reminds you, hey, go get yep, sharpened real yep, quick. Yep, you know? Yep. <laughs> No, it's real. It's real. And and that's what, one of the reasons why I'm like, even when I'm having an off day, I want to be that person for somebody. Yeah. Like, because they'll be talking about me all the time. Like, when we be out and about, like, I just make random conversations with people. Like, they might speak and then I'm, I might throw like a little fake laugh in there, but right. I know it's making them feel good. Yeah. And we just keep it pushing. Like, yeah. no harm, no foul. Right. You make know what someone's I'm day. So I'm yeah. sure she appreciates that about you, but at the same time, she's like, it takes us an extra 30 minutes to get to where we <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not that long. My pops is that person. Oh, talk not to me. everybody. I'm, I'm, yo, he talked to everybody. Mm. We're going to walk in Popeyes, and you swear he know everybody in there. Me, I'm just going to give a little nugget, drop right. a little in there, I'm and, and then I'm going, yeah, we got stuff to do. I'm definitely someone who, everywhere I go, I seem to run into somebody. Mm -hmm. I was like, in the middle of nowhere, I... Took my mom was here and I took her to Solvang, California. Mm -hmm. If you've never been, it's so cute. Solvang. It looks like um, you're in Denmark. They literally mm. here in California have the windmills. They mm. created this whole oh, little wow. cute town that mm -hmm. looks like Denmark. I'm in the middle of Denmark and I run into this Dominican cat I know. <laughs> like, what are the odds? <laughs> Two Dominicans in the middle of Solvang, California. Like, I'm that person. Yeah. And my father was like that too. Mm. So mm -hmm. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. There, there's nowhere I go where I meet a stranger, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good quality to have. You know, so when you were when you were talking about your name a few minutes ago, mm -hmm. it made me think about like because we know you know Black Latina, mm -hmm. proud. I love it. Yeah. Was there ever a time in which you were associating those names with like different parts of your identity as well, or was it just literally just like that had nothing to do with it? It's interesting because my father's name was Francisco. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. how I got Franceli. And because my father was an anthropologist mm -hmm. and my father was as dark as you, mm -hmm. I was black. Like right. there, there wasn't, it was with my other family members that it became, you're not really black. 
you're Dominican or mm. you're Indian. Don't claim mm -hmm. black. You know, mm -hmm. like then those conversations or when I was in New York, in Washington Heights, in a Dominican, you know, predominantly Dominican neighborhood mm -hmm. in a predominantly Dominican school. And the girls are like, you think you white. You think you better than us. Like those things mm -hmm. were put on me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I came into this world feeling really rich of all the culture because mm -hmm. my dad had a PhD in the study of people. Mm -hmm. So it's like I got to be around all kinds of cultures and people. And I was just like, oh, yup, yup. My music comes from Africa. Mm -hmm. My plantains come from Africa. Mm -hmm. My nose, my lips come from Africa. So I was gifted yeah. just knowing that since a child. And then I would go on to the world with that pride and that information, and the world started telling me that was wrong. Uh, uh -huh. The world started telling me, oh, if you're really Latina, then your hair would be down to your back. If mm. you were Latina, you need to be sexy. Mm -hmm. You don't dress a certain way. You need to have your hair like this. You need to talk like that. Mm. Like There became these boxes that I needed to check off in order to be able to identify mm -hmm. with one or the other. And mm -hmm. that became really, really frustrating. Mm -hmm. And it made me, to a certain degree, outside of my family, not hang out with Latin people mm -hmm. in terms of friends. I couldn't identify with Latin women. I couldn't identify, you know, too much about how I move in the world is yeah. as a black woman. Right. So I went to an HBCU. Most of my friends are black women because... That's where I felt safe, you know? Mm -hmm. And it became as an adult that I was like, I need to break whatever thorn that came on my side mm -hmm. that was put there. Because mm -hmm. I didn't have that before. I loved all people. Right. And I love my culture and my people. But mm -hmm. it became a thing that when I started really walking in Christ, it's like, how do I have racial reconciliation? Not just with white mm -hmm. people, because we know that's a thing, white mm -hmm. versus black. Mm -hmm. But racial reconciliation, even within the Latin diaspora, because there's, I mean, as you know, Mexicans versus Savvies, mm -hmm. you know, Puerto Rican mm -hmm. versus Dominican. There's so much division that doesn't make any sense besides right. that's what the colonizer wanted. Right. So I want to be someone that helps bring people to walk in the full authority of their identity, mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. It doesn't. Your identity isn't based on your flag, your culture. It's hmm. just not. Your identity is based on the fruits of the spirit, the qualities that God put in you. Because mm -hmm. if he for He knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb, right. then there are God-given qualities that came with the package. Mm -hmm. And that's who your real identity is. Mm -hmm. Now, are there things culturally that come with you? But you might have not grown up in the culture. And then right. you feel like you're not enough of something based on not having that. And that's just not true. Yeah. Around what age did, did you start experiencing that? Like with your family members? And stuff? Oh like my as a gosh. teenager? Or as supporter? young as in my mother's womb. Crazy. Oh, wow. Like there's a story I tell all the time where my cousin and I are two years apart. So mm -hmm. when my mom was pregnant, he ran up to my mother's stomach and her sister was making jokes like, Tell your auntie what her daughter's hair is going to turn out when she comes out because mm -hmm. my father looked like you. Mm -hmm. So he would run up to my mom's belly and be like, yeah, yeah, oh, that my hair man. would be. Yeah. And so before I was even brought to this world, there was already mm -hmm. this stuff about what it meant for my mom. And my father was born in the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. So he's a Dominican man, but he's a black man, right, which right. came with a whole set of things. So... It's been going on since I was very young. Like mm. my aunt chopped all my hair off and my hair was really short because they were like, we got to start over. 
like my hair mm. texture would change. You right, know? <laughs> right, right. Like, like we're gonna we're gonna try this one we're more. We're gonna again. try one more time. <laughs> so yeah, it started really young. Yeah. Did you find yourself experiencing any of that, like in, within the industry at all? Or of course, yeah. you walk into a room and you tell some. I mean, you walk around LA, period, and mm. you start speaking Spanish as a person in my body, and people are like, oh wow, your Spanish is really good. <laughs> Duolingo oh, is yeah, yeah, it's working out for you. Where did you learn to speak? And how many so times well? a day? <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting, even nine years into Los Angeles, to see people respond yeah. to hear me speak Spanish. So it happens in the world. Now imagine in front of a casting director. Mm. I've I've gotten in front of Latin casting directors that are confused to why I'm there. And I have to explain who I am. Or will or it'll be like, oh, but you speak Spanish. And it's interesting because my Mexican brothers and sisters, I love y'all, but there are Mexican brothers and sisters that go into an audition and speak no lick of Spanish. Mm -hmm. So it's like they'll walk in there and the casting director's like, oh, you don't speak Spanish? Mm -hmm. Like shocked. Right. While with me, it's like, you do? Right. So it, there's all these preconceived things that you're walking into. And how do, you, how do you like mitigate that? You know, how do you deal with that in those moments? Like, Cause are you good at hiding your reaction? No. <laughs> I'm an actress when I'm getting paid for it. Uh, I do that for a yeah, living. Yeah. I'm not a good actress in my life. <laughs> I'm not. I do not have a poker face. I am a New York girl that is written all over my face. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm -hmm. It's just part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I find it that in the Latin diaspora, it's similar to what we deal with as black people with white supremacy, right? Mm. In terms of like microaggressions. Mm. It happens in our community too. There was a a Latin woman that was saying to me like, wow, like you're Dominican, but Spanish is not your first language, right? And I'm like, yeah. Mm. And she's like, but you have no accent. So there is, she believes that when I speak Spanish, I should have an accent. Mm -hmm. Or when I speak English, I should have an accent. And because when I speak English, my accent is just very much so New York. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and so I start to explain to her that if I looked like her, this wouldn't be a conversation. And right. she started trying to defend. And I'm like, there's something about when you try to expose someone's biasness. Mm -hmm. I'm not calling you racist. Right. I'm just simply trying to bring to your attention the things that have put, been put into your subconscious mm -hmm. that I want to make you conscious of. They automatically try to cover. No, I, I didn't mean it like that. I mean, it's because you don't have an accent. I mm -hmm. said, but again... Right. Because I look the way that I look. Because yeah. if, a, if a white Latina didn't have an accent when she spoke English, you would still assume that Spanish was her first language. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to admit that. And I don't know why. Because it, it doesn't make me think you're a bad person. Right. Right. But I think we're all too busy trying to make sure we look good mm -hmm. and trying to make sure people don't think we're bad people, that we're afraid to fail. We're afraid to learn from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. We got to be prim and proper. I mean, hello, that's why we got to a selfie generation. That's why we got to a generation with filters, because we're trying to filter the truth. Mm -hmm. We're trying to make sure aesthetically we're only presenting the best versions of ourselves, mm -hmm. our social media is our highlight reels. Of course. We're not presenting the worst version of ourselves right, right. to the public. Never, never. So we're doing that even culturally, even racially. That's mm -hmm. what we're doing. Yeah. And I think to to piggyback off that, it's really, it has everything to do, like you said, with what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. Because 
people fear based on their own judgment of themselves. So now they think, oh, no, nah, you're going to look at me like I would look at somebody else who did that thing, too. Right. And they, oh, I, I never thought I did that. Mm -hmm. Well, no, yeah, that's that's you. Yeah. And it's okay. It's only it's only not okay if you're not willing to change it. Right. Because if you didn't know, you didn't know. That's how you grew up. Like I honestly, I remember um I remember having a conversation with somebody and I was like, you know, this was during Trump's presence presidency. I was like, you know what? Trump has been a blessing because people are revealing themselves. They're getting exposed left and yeah, right. Yeah, and I'm like, come on, keep keep coming. <laughs> like, Show me who you are. Thank you. That's all I ever asked. You can you can be as evil as you want to be. I need to know though. Mhm. Mm I need to know. And then that way I can move accordingly. I can protect who I need to protect. And we, if we all move like that, things would be so much better. Mm -hmm. But we have our neighbors. That's a whole other conversation. We'll be here for a while. I know. We'll be in this thing. <laughs> It'll be, you know, crack it down. Um, but now, so uh, walk me through. I, I want to know what made you make the decision to, to come to L.A.? You know, like... Cause that's that's literally coast to coast. Yeah. You know. You know, every time I'm asked this question, the story changes a bit. Cause you know, life gives you different revelation right. about that decision, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. it's like you think you made a decision for one reason, and then you see the layers of yeah, that decision, yeah, right? And yeah. so I remember being in New York, and. Man, I graduated during the recession. I couldn't get a job. So, you know, they tell you go to college and you'll you'll be successful. I went to college and I was back in the Bronx at my mama's house. <laughs> right, so right. I, I make it make sense with all these loans. Right. And I started doing what I know how to do. I was doing theater in New York and I was in this play and I was in this really toxic relationship, very controlling, mm -hmm. very manipulative. And I remember when I got out of that relationship, I just needed a break mm -hmm. in terms of like, I just need to be with me and with God. And that's when I started like a real relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And California is something I always thought about. If you're an actress, you're going to think about of course, California. Of course. But I'm like, mm, California is not for me. Mm -hmm. Everybody out there doing drugs. You know, <laughs> like you have all these preconceived notions, uh, yeah. but I had never been to Cali. Mm -hmm. I've never lived here. So it's like, how are you going to make assumptions about a place you've never lived? You Sounding know? my parents. They'd but be that's like, oh, y'all Hollywood folk. I'd be like, what? <laughs> but that's what you, you project your fears because yeah. you have to validate your fears. You have to validate your reasons to why you don't do something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I had all my reasons lined up to why L.A. wasn't for me. And I remember being in New York and I went on a 40-day fast for the first time oh, ever wow. with a friend of mine. And not because I was about that life. It was really just... My friend was part of a church where mm -hmm. she was one of the youngest people there and it was all old people and something. And again, now, of course, I know that something was the prompting of the Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. but that something that says, oh, girl, I'll do it with you. So you're not by yourself. She was my best friend at mm -hmm. the time. And I'm like, I'll just go along this ride with you, having no idea what I was getting myself into. What was the fast? 40 day fast. It meant um eating a particular way, but I could only eat once a day mm -hmm. and pray three times a day. Mm -hmm. So no alcohol, you know, and that one meal I could eat as much as I want, mm -hmm. but I could only eat once then a once, day. once, yeah. Wow, those 40 days were life changing. <laughs> you talk about Trump exposure, that exposed so much. Like I'll mm. never forget, because I went on that fast, I wasn't talking to the man I was dating at the time. 
And he called my phone like 40 times back to back. Mm -hmm. Like, and I finally responded like, hey, I'm on a fast. I don't want to talk to you. And he's like, your fast is of the devil. It's not of God. And and I didn't understand. I know now that fasting does this, right? Fasting will expose things in your life, in mm -hmm. your own person, in mm -hmm. other people. But I didn't understand why all of a sudden someone who was so sweet was so mean mm -hmm. and was like, it was like the demons in him were coming out. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't have that language back right, then. Right, right. So he started saying really mean things about me on Twitter, and we have like all the same. We know like the same 200 mutual right, friends, right? right? Like right. the theater community in New York is very small. And so New York became more and more of a place where I didn't feel safe. I mm. didn't feel happy. I was becoming one of those New Yorkers that's annoyed on the train. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I'm someone, as you know, when I walk into a room, I'm full of joy. I'm full of energy. And New York was sucking the life out of me. And I couldn't, again... It's prayer now, but back then it was just like contemplation of like, mm. what is this and what am I feeling? But that is prayer. Mm. Like that, going inward, because you were made in his image, God is in you. Mm. Going inward is conversations with the Lord. And so I was like, again, things I didn't know. And my best friend called me one day and was like, girl, so I found you a place in LA. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, because she knew in her heart that I wasn't going to leave. Mm -hmm. sometimes God will bring people in your life that push you off the yeah, cliff. Yeah. And so she found me a room in Woodland Hills, which for those who don't know, is in Egypt. <laughs> like you got to cross the Nile River to get there. Like she told me LA, I got here. It's hot as Egypt too. W Woodland Hills is not LA. That's yeah, a whole other. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, sure. you know, <laughs> she sends me the website to this apartment complex mm -hmm. and they got a gym and they got a pool and they got a sauna and a basketball court. Mm. And I'm like, now this girl from the Bronx is like, why would you do this to me? It's like the reference we were talking off camera about the candy. Yeah, Why would right, you bring the right, candy in right. knowing I can't eat it? Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't be able to afford that. And she's like, it's $500 a month. I said, what? You lying. $500 where? 500 But I was going to be renting a room oh, in a okay. three-bedroom apartment. Okay. But still, I see. I see. $500 yeah, yeah. is so realistic yeah, in a sure. way that wasn't... California just seemed so unrealistic mm -hmm, for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like... So then I started like thinking like, okay, well, I got some money in my savings and mm -hmm. okay, I could leave and if it don't work out, I can always come, come back. back. Yeah. It's $500. Come to find out. Because see, the Lord will set you up. <laughs> <laughs> Come to find out the apartment was a famous celebrity's baby mom's house. Mm -hmm. And she's a believer. And it was a low-income apartment that had been in the family for 12 years. Mm -hmm. My friend conspired and lied to me and said, yo, they're, they're looking for people fast. And if you mm -hmm. don't move in mm -hmm. like yesterday, it's going to be gone. Right. No one had lived in that room for two years. But they said that all was, this to, right. to push me. Because yeah. if you got time... Yeah, you go on Twitter, your face. Yeah, I got yeah, time. Yeah. So I get on the phone with, with one of the people that lives in the house, and he's like, it was January. And he's like, can you move February 1st? I was like, can you give me to the 15th? Like, it, it gave me the nudge, like, I can't miss out on yeah. this opportunity. Right, like, right, right. what are the chances that you get to move to this really nice building for $500? Uh, yeah. But the stipulation was that I had to meet with this woman. 
because she mm-hmm. lived in New York. Mm-hmm. And this was her apartment that she just used to help people, to mm-hmm. bless people. She only charged exactly what the rent was worth. She wasn't mm-hmm. making no yeah, money off that yeah. apartment. She was really a woman of God. Yeah. And when I met with her at the Starbucks in Harlem, she asked me, she said, so what's your plan? I said, I don't really have one. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the Lord is telling me it's my chance to go. Mm-hmm. And I'll give it six months to a year and if and see what happens and then just come back. Mm-hmm. It's been nine years. I said, I, look, <laughs> I said the same thing. I was like, look, I'm going to give it a year. If I empty my account and I'm broke and pretty much homeless, I can just come back home. Yeah. And here we are. That was 2016. Look at that. Yeah. When you're meant to be in a place. And listen, LA almost took me out. Let's be oh, clear. no, no, yeah. LA. Look, look, whoo, look we don't want y'all not, to misunderstand it is not what we heart. You know, and I came with such a New York zeal. Like, they were like, you moving to LA without a car? I'm like, I'm from New York. I right. Got, but I was living in Woodland Hills without a car. Like, oh, again, yeah, that's, yeah. I was crying. I was depressed. I was on food stamps. I only made $10,000 my first year in LA. Mm. It was mm. nothing but the grace of the Lord. I don't know how I ate, how mm-hmm. rent got paid, mm-hmm. but it did. And right. so it was one of those things where like it really, I thought LA was about my career and LA was about me and God. Man. <laughs> because. Look, you see the way I just. Because, you know, real. at home, you got people to fall back on. Yeah. You got excuses to why you can't make it because you're distracted because you're this because you're that mm-hmm. you come here you got nothing but to rest on okay god what what do i do where do i go i don't got no people who are my community yeah. like everything now is having to be filtered through god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's exactly what he wants anyway yeah. that's yeah. how he wants your life to be set yeah. up but there were so many things in the way of your life being set up like that mm-hmm. so when you strip it all away and come here with no car and no job, mm-hmm. then he got something to work with. Now I can build off this because mm-hmm. we're starting from scratch. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because that was like me too. Like I remember moving here thinking it was going to be sweet. <laughs> and then I just started feeling all these things I mm-hmm. never felt before mm-hmm. in my life because I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm away from my family, friends, yeah. the element that I had curated over mm-hmm. the years, you know. Uh, but just like you said, it was it was more so about my relationship with God mm-hmm. and him being able to mold me into who he needed me to actually be and not who I thought I wanted to be or right. should be, you know. And you can sleep at night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. sleep at night and also so many of the blessings, like when... When family back home calls and says, you being real Hollywood. (laughs) Every piece of Hollywood that I've gotten to experience was because of my obedience in God. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, when people ask me, well, how did you meet so-and-so? And And how did you become friends with such and such? And how do you get to go here and there? Everything really was God's setup. Mm Because, like, I didn't do that in my own strength. I didn't try to, like, submit to that agent or get that job. Like, literally... Every really big blessing in my life came through a God ordained, mm-hmm. God intervened mm-hmm. kind of thing. It was a setup. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have wanted any other way. I was just about to ask you, is there one moment, and I'm sure there are many, but like the biggest moment mm-hmm. where you were like, that ain't number God. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of moments. And I think the one 
that stands out for me the most was, you know, when you move to LA, you work a million jobs. I've mm. been everything. I've been a babysitter, a valet. <laughs> I've worked at all of the, all, I've done every job, right? Mm -hmm. And I was working at this establishment where like you come up to the counter, you take an order, I give you a number, and then once your food's ready, I come and bring it to the mm -hmm. table. So you're not quite a waitress, but you're not quite just a cashier, you know? Yeah. And so I was working in Calabasas, I didn't have a car, and every night, one of the chefs would drive me home. And this one particular night, we, and this is me keeping it all the way real, Sally, before she was a pastor, right? So. <laughs> Um, we would go next door to the Rouse and get alcohol, uh, right? And not like hard alcohol. We would get like the hard ciders right, or the whatever, right, whatever. Yeah, something. And so the store was already closed. I had already clocked out, but I'm I'm waiting for my ride. So mm -hmm. I'm, you know, having some libations. We drinking, <laughs> we chilling. It's cool. Yeah. And man, what I didn't know was that while the cook was in the back closing out, he mm -hmm. was also drinking. And so we all get in the car and we all get in the car and him and the girlfriend are arguing and I'm like, something felt different in my mm, spirit. Mm. But I, again, there's so many times you feel something and say nothing. Right, right. And they were arguing about who should drive. And then she loses the battle and he's driving. Mm. We're in the back seat. I literally live two minutes down the road from this job mm. walking it takes me like 30 minutes walking because it's like a mile. Mm -hmm. But in a car, you're there in three right, minutes. Right. He gets in the car, none of us have seatbelts on, and he's zooming. He's doing like 50 on the street. And then he gets on the highway, He and he's passing my house. I'm like, where are you going? You're not taking me home. Mm -hmm. Oh, I gotta go to the dispensary. So there was this urgency to get to the dispensary before it closed. Mm -hmm. And I don't smoke, and I was just like, I'm stuck in this car. Mm -hmm. I don't know how fast he was going, but he was going so fast on the 101 that I was I was fearing something. And I mm. used to have recurring dreams that I would die in a car accident. Mm. Oh, so it was just piling up. It was on. piling yeah. up. And so I had this moment where I stopped and I started praying. I was sitting right behind the driver by the window. And I'll never forget this prayer. I said, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over this vehicle. Mm. I said, if it's my time, I know where I'm going. <laughs> mm -hmm. But if it is not, please, Lord, take the wheel. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I finished that prayer, my head hit the window. Oh, wow. The car hit the median. It spun out across the 101. Now, for those who don't live in LA, but you do, you yeah. know the 101 is always packed with cars. Always. Always. A car did not hit us, and we did not hit a car. Wow. We spun out across all four lanes and hit a ditch. Every person in that car was able to walk out of that car. The car was mangled. Man, the whole blessing. hood was up. Like, uh -huh. if you see the picture of this car, you're Total. like, I'll probably send it to you in case you want to put it up on yeah, the screen yeah, yeah. to give, do. like, please the effect. Uh -huh. But it's like, you look at this car, no one should have walked away. And the crazy thing about it is, is that everyone in that car, and this was early in my, like, excited on mm -hmm. fire for the mm -hmm. Lord, right? And everyone in that car said, we know we survived because you prayed. Oh, wow. And that was a moment where I was like, that was nothing but God. Mm -hmm. He literally took this wheel and made sure that no weapon formed against mm -hmm. us prospered. You know, it's like, I think about stories that I want to share that have to do with my career, but I'm like, what? There's nothing more valuable than yeah. my life. Right, right. 
And I think that because I was someone at that job that was just so excited about mm -hmm. Jesus and I was mm -hmm. talking about God all the time, the enemy was mad. Mm -hmm. And the enemy wanted to take me out that mm -hmm. night. And he didn't, mm -hmm. you know? And that that's something really important for me, that moment. That was like year one in L.A. Wow. Year one. Anyone else would have ran home. I almost did. <laughs> Ooh, man, that's amazing. Mm. That's amazing. That makes me think of uh, a friend of mine. He was in a car accident on the freeway, and uh, he went through the sunroof, through the moonroof. Walked away. Jesus. Walked away. Nothing but Jesus. Nothing but. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting you to say that. <laughs> I wasn't. And I thought about it too. I said, Lord, what story do you want me to tell? He's like, the car. Yeah, of course. Car. No, I, I appreciate you sharing. And so, like, did that moment, did it reinforce what you were already feeling or did it shape like a, a new path even? It did so many things yeah. for me. Literally the next day, I was at a protest. Like, I went mm. from that car accident to the next day. At the time, I was going to one church. So, like, mm -hmm. one church and... Torre were like um, marching in this, we were marching down Hollywood Boulevard mm -hmm. for like, you know, just the things that were going on in the community. And I was out there with my all black on, fist up. <laughs> yeah. And just like, and people were like, you were just in this crazy accident. I said, but if the Lord gave me the ability to walk out of there, mm -hmm. then I got to still walk out what he wants me to do, mm -hmm. which I believe that I'm an artivist, which means my mm. art. Is I'm an activist as much Good as I'm art. an artist. Yeah. And my artists in me, my life and my art both have to have something to say mm. about the world, right? Mm. And I want it to provoke something in you. I want it to have conversation. I, I want my life, whether it jolts you the wrong way or it jolts you the right way, mm -hmm. it's still jolting you, right? Mm -hmm. And that is provoking enough. Thought. It's yeah. provoking thought. And that's activism, right? Activism isn't always marching. Activism is just the rebellion of your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I I walk out my life to a certain degree as a rebel. Mm -hmm. And so going to that protest after and saying, oh, I'm going to go even harder for God mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Oh, what? Like <laughs> <laughs> right. That's my doubt. <laughs> y'all don't know what just happened last me. night. Right. He looked out. Mm-hmm. Ride it like ride or die at that mm -hmm. point. Yeah. yeah, that's that's incredible. You know that that reminds me of um, I never forget in college. Mm. I went to school at Southern uh, in Baton Rouge. So Mardi Gras in New Orleans, we would drive down, get faded, uh -huh. and I would always be the one driving. One of maybe the two other cars. One. Still a little inebriated, I, but, nah, but like, not, not as bad. Not a little. <laughs> I want to make this clear. Let's make it clear. I was. I'll be out of there. Mm. But I I will lie to myself and say I'm good. You can drive. Because I practiced enough of drinking and driving. Uh-huh. One night in particular, I don't remember making that trip. Mm. Like literally, that's an hour drive. Mm. At four in the morning. I remember getting on the freeway. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I remember was seeing Baton Rouge 18 miles. Wow. And I was like, I ain't no my God. Right. I was like, I, I, I'm here. We're here because I have maybe three or four people else in the, you know, in the car as well. We're here for something else because yeah. there is no reason we should be here right now. Right. You know, and there are many moments like that when mm -hmm. you when you think and you're like, I don't see how people don't believe. Right. 
I'm the same way. First time I went to the Grand Canyon, I was like, how do you see the vastness of this creation? Right. And think, like, who, who did this? Right, what, like, right, what? Right. What in the world? Right. It was just oh. natural. It yeah. just happened. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've had any experiences like that recently to where it's like another, like, kind of like life altering Life altering. You know, being called into ministry, like for real, for real, during the pandemic was like, mm-hmm. I mean, the pandemic, I think, was life altering for everyone. Yes. I for mean, sure. it completely changed what we thought was important. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, all these people were like, I'm quitting my job. I don't, I'm not happy. Right, right. All of a sudden, other things became the priority. And while a lot of people had time off during the pandemic, my job revved up, you know, Mm. a lot of people started like really looking to faith. And during the pandemic at the time, I was a minister in training Mm because I decided for my 33rd birthday, because I'm extra. I mean, I'm from the Bronx (laughs) and I'm Latin. I'm extra. Extra is good. Woo, child. For my 33rd (laughs) birthday, I decided to throw a Jesus-themed birthday party. (laughs) 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 Only Sally would do this. So... Yes, last because it's ridiculous. What is a Jesus themed birthday party look so, like? So when you walk in, it's the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay. There was like grass backdrops. <laughs> there was flowers. There's a step and repeat which you take in front of the garden. You know. Yeah. There's the long supper table. So there's this <laughs> white dude. Shout out to my boy Drew from my church. He does like upholstery and mm-hmm. and he works with stuff. So we went to the Home Depot. I said, this is my vision. I want like a long supper table. So he got me this long 12-foot table, or maybe more than that. And man, we had gold plates and fruit. And we made it look like yeah. that picture of the yeah. Last Supper. Then my the birthday party was a worship service. Mm-hmm. Like it was like mm-hmm. I called my friends who are worship leaders, asked them to sing some of my favorite mm-hmm. worship songs. Mm-hmm. And then... I preached like my first official sermon because I had mm-hmm. been leading a Bible study as um, since 2016. Mm-hmm. No, 2018, I started my Bible study. But for my 33rd birthday, I was like, I'm going to make an announcement to the world that I'm going to become a minister, mm-hmm. that I'm like really mm-hmm. going into this thing officially. So my pastors were there, my friends were there. Mm-hmm. And so I had this whole speech prepared that went out the window and I just spoke from my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like my first, I guess, right. official like, sermon. Intro, you know, yeah, yeah. Entry, intro to the world. And that's what I did for my 33rd birthday. Wow. And so then I said, okay, next thing I'm going to do is go to Israel. I'm going to get baptized. Mm-hmm. And the whole world shut down. Like that was November of 2019. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, we all know. We all know what happened after that. And so that was just the, that, those, these last three years have been just like God shaping me and molding me on what it means to be a minister and what Mm -hmm. it means to really pastor people and what it means to do that in the context of Hollywood. Cause my whole family was like, so you a minister now? Like what that means? So you're quitting acting? Like, and then they're like, wait, you're still an actress. And then people started like, expecting me to dress different, to Mm -hmm. not go out and dance anymore, to never have a drink. Like, no, I'm not drinking on the job and having hard ciders on the side of my (laughs) employment. That is not happening as a pastor. And I'm, I'm 
The Lord never said that I can't drink. Right. He said to be sober-minded. Mm -hmm. He said to not be a drunk guard. And so it's very important that drinking isn't an idol. It's very important to have a fasted life. So mm -hmm. there are times where I go two, three months without having a drink. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing wrong with having a glass of wine while right. I'm at dinner. Right. Like, what? Right. Right. And so, again... The Lord has shown me that it's so important for me to be authentic mm -hmm. to who I am, to my identity. He mm -hmm. called me. Mm -hmm. He he didn't say, okay, you're going to become a pastor and I'm going to change you. He is right. going to change you. But that's not what he's concerned about. He's mm -hmm. concerned about, I need you as you are because right. there's certain people that you touch. That, exactly. That someone else can relate to. Can relate and, to. And really receive that message. And so what I get all the time is people saying, wow, I finally feel safe mm -hmm. to talk about God. Or mm -hmm. I finally feel good about wanting to go to church because I don't feel like I have to have it all together mm -hmm. or be this different version of me to get to God. Because I see you and you make God look so cool. Like, mm -hmm. it, you know, mm -hmm. and that's such a... A blessing to me because me and God were tussling for a while. <laughs> I've been running from my call for a really long time mm -hmm. because I said, all right, Lord, I'm only going to give this to you if you let me be me, right, you know? Right. And he was like, I wouldn't want it any other right, way. And I was right. like, all right, cool. I can still be myself. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't mean he hasn't changed me and evolved yeah. me. Of course he has. Yeah, he's just a, a new version of yourself. It's but he like needs... the iPhone doesn't turn into the Samsung. No. Yeah, but like... God doesn't force his will on you. Right. He still gave you free will. So he still needs your choice and your yes. Mm -hmm. And so I had my own stipulations for my yes. But I gave him my yes anyway, and mm -hmm. then he could do his thing, and that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you like found that it's kind of? I'm not going to ask that question. How have you seen it kind of shape what you've done in the industry now? The roles that you're taking, the projects that you're wanting to be a part of, or or has it changed? People are shocked and surprised at the roles that I do knowing that I'm a minister. Mm. They're like, wait, you did... Because right. again, there is this expectation. You're not going to do anything right. where you're you cussing. Uh -huh. You're not going to have no love scene. You're not going to... Like, there's just all this stuff. Now, granted, you are not going to see me naked. That's mm -hmm. not happening. Mm -hmm. and, I, and again, it's so important for you to know your own convictions. What is your... Let your yes be your yes and your no right. be your no. Right. So like... I think God is more concerned about making sure that I don't waver, that mm -hmm. I'm 10 toes down, mm -hmm. than, than all the semantics, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I said yes to something that might be a bad look for the kingdom, I'll learn that real fast. Yeah, for sure. And then yeah. I, God will help me course correct because there's grace. Mm -hmm. But if I'm like, I just off the rip. I don't do any of those roles. <laughs> and then the right bag comes along and uh -huh. you compromise. Right. That is so more disappointing yeah. to the Lord. Then you'll be like, I'm okay with doing this. Mm -hmm. I like doing this. I want to do this. I want to represent this story. I want. So for me now, when I get a script, mm -hmm. of course, I take it to my father, right? Mm -hmm. Me and God pray about it. I'm like, Lord, how we feeling about this? You good? I'm good. Okay, we good. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'll never forget my friend, she does horror films. Mm -hmm. And she wrote this horror film specifically for me, and it's called Cult. That's the one you just won an That's award for. That's the one I just uh, won an award now, for. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. she wrote this movie, and when she sent me the script, she's like, look, shout out to Swazina. She goes, um, I'm sending you the script. Hurry up and read it and tell me no so then I can move on to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Like there was this expectation that because now I'm a pastor that I would say no to this. 
And I read the script. And I read the script and I started praying. I started praying. And the Lord's like, you're going to let somebody else do this? Mm. Someone who doesn't know me. Mm. Someone who can't represent me. Because in this script, it's true to the name. There's a cult happening. Mm -hmm. And the man who's over this cult, he... He manipulates the word of God Mm -hmm. and he uses it to then violate women. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it's so disgusting Mm -hmm. that anyone would do that with the word of the Lord. But we know it happens. Of course, all the time. And the beautiful thing about my friend who's a filmmaker is she wants to bring those conversations and she does it in a way where she's not disrespecting the church or bashing the church. It's more like, hey, we don't talk about this. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about people who are in the church and rape people, Mm -hmm. people who are in the church and molest people Mm -hmm. who have not gotten control of their lust Mm -hmm. and what happens with that and and how it leaves people hanging, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to let a regular actress kill this role. And then when there's a talk back, and there's someone in the audience is like, yeah, so that's why I don't go to church because mm-hmm. people are like that. Mm-hmm. There's no one there to defend God. Right. To say that God doesn't do that. Right. People do that. Mm-hmm. And people have twisted who I really am. Mm-hmm. And my love does not do that. Mm-hmm. And so God was like, I need a minister of my gospel mm-hmm. to represent us well. And what a better way than in an audience where this story will only amplify people's, what we talked about Mm -hmm. earlier, people's reason and excuse to not get in the presence of God. Because people are leaving churches, not because of God, they're leaving churches because of people. Yep. Yep. And so I was like, okay, Lord. And I said, yes. And then I won Best Actress. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So again, God's yes will open the doors you never thought, right? Mm -hmm. Because I've done some, I think prior to that, some really good work too that, in my mind, in my idea, I killed that. <laughs> right, right, I should have right. won Best I should have won a long time ago. But it's in the obedience of his yes yeah. that his blessings come, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because only then, you know, will we be able to really see it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Because we may get the blessing and we may get a little fulfillment from it, you know, may get, you know, some some form of riches in that. But it won't be sustainable because, one, we're probably not going to acknowledge him. Mm -hmm. And then we all know as soon as that happens. (laughs) Let me me go and get that from you. See, I gave you a little taste and you acting up. Yeah. You know, I've I've definitely had that happen. Mm -hmm. You know, and like I... Going back to what you said about being stripped, you know, I relate to that so so well. Being stripped all the way down mm-hmm. to be be able to be built back up, mm-hmm. a new form, and know. it keeps happening. It doesn't oh, yeah. stop. Always. Let's be yeah. clear. Uh, <laughs> right. When he said you go from glory to glory, level to level, yeah, you got it. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to have five brothers. So mm. I played video games growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Like Mortal Kombat, Ninja Turtles, Super Mario, Donkey Kong. Like mm. those were my oh, jams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you would beat one level. Okay, you're happy, you're excited, you you killed right. that guy. But then you go to the next level and you're starting at the beginning of that mm-hmm. level. And then got to... Go through all the levels and get to that and super then boss. get to the super boss <laughs> at the end of that level. Yeah. And that's what happens in this journey and mm-hmm. this walk. Like, okay, you conquered one 
one thing and then now oh I gotta start over and yep. be stripped down again yep. and be built back up to get ready for this next, next thing I gotta mm -hmm. conquer that's much bigger than the last thing mm -hmm. and so it's about just staying ready mm -hmm. staying ready for the battle cause the battle is everyday first of hey. all in LA just leaving your house is a battle <laughs> being on this freeway is the battle I just preached about it on some, Sunday. The some, Lord is delivering me from tested. road rage. <laughs> oh, you, you got road rage. I am not a minister or a believer when you're in my car. <laughs> like, I'm just going to keep it 1,000. My sister got in the car with me and she's like, whose minister are you? Because I'm, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I, I am like, I am like, what? Oh, why, why do you drive? We're going to have to do an episode of Road Rage. I'm going to get you and my pops on here at the same time so I can have a list of questions and be like, why y'all be so mad in the I'm car? I'm so mad in the car. Because I'll be like, oh, it's all good. I'm so mad in the car. <laughs> it don't make no sense, but I'm so mad in the car. But that's what I mean. Like, just showing up for the day is a battle. And yeah. that's why we have to have such grace and empathy and compassion for people. Because mm -hmm. you don't know all you of what they fought know. through just to be able to show up. Mm -hmm. I agree 1000%. Yeah. That's I. Because I see it all the time. And, and I'm one of those people now. If I see someone not giving that grace, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'll tell them, like, you don't know what they went through today. Maybe you need a reminder, like you don't like you. You are that person sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. So yeah, people be so quick to judge, or yeah, yeah. But I'll call them out. Like, nah, I don't do that. That's good. Cause I'm I'm heavy on just real. Like right now, just vibrating at a very high level spiritually. Mm -hmm. And then if it's anything negative around me, I'm gonna either try to put it out right. or I'm gonna just leave. Yeah. No, nothing in between. Back in the day, I probably would have perpetuated a little bit, but yeah. I don't know. I think I've, like we were talking about before we started rolling, a lot of it has to do with the family aspect, mm -hmm. you know, and thinking about the girls, wifey, and mm -hmm. and how everything that I do, whether it's indirectly or directly, it's gonna affect Impact them. them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, and the price is too high. Way too high. I mean, when they say you can't put a price on your peace. <sighs> yeah, that inhale, that exhale said a you lot. You can't put a price on your peace, but then I also remember, but the price is really high. Mm. Like the cost of how much time you waste being distracted mm. in your feelings about such and such and such and such thing. Like, it robs you of like what you should be doing mm -hmm. and what you should be thinking about mm -hmm. and a new idea that God can give you about something that can make you a millionaire, but you can't even think about it because you're too busy still ruminating on this thing that you're offended mm -hmm. by or betrayed by or angry about. And it it is his plan to still kill and destroy. Mm -hmm. And so he's destroying your time, your peace. And man, it costs so much. It's so expensive. It's so expensive. It's so expensive when I look back at the things that I have lost because of that, mm -hmm. you know? And I can't stay stuck there. Right. And that's another plan, right? right? To be like condemning yourself about all the things that you could have done differently. Mm -hmm. I can't change that. Because that's, that's another rabbit hole. And you're in the same, you're in the same boat with the other person. <laughs> yeah, they, but they're doing it about somebody else and you're doing it about yourself.
And it's so important to be able to look back and say, wow, that cost me so much. And anyone who does business well, right, that does mm -hmm. investments, they've failed many times. Oh, they've invested to. millions of dollars in something and lost it all, yeah. right? Anyone who's a gambler, also, same thing. And so I think about it. It's not that then you don't take high risk again. Mm -hmm. It's just this time when you take the high risk again, you learn to do it differently. Yeah. To not, not be as distracted, to not let yourself get caught up in the loss, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what reflection should be like. When I look back on my life and how much it cost me and how much time was wasted, mm -hmm. then I'm gonna I'm a better investor now. Then invest right. in places and spaces that don't rob my peace, mm -hmm. that don't rob my time, that I won't look back on this situation and say, man, that cost me too much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now you get to go into this new season of your life with, with more on you knowing I can't afford that again. Right, right. And so I'm just, I'm working smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. for, for anybody who's listening, do you have like any kind of tips that'll help that person be more aware of like the space they're in and getting out of that? So like they're in this season of distraction you know because sometimes when we're in it we don't even know that we're in it well for one go listen to my sermon from sunday hey come on <laughs> go listen to it uh freedom in christ part two you know when i was really thinking about what god wanted me to say honestly leading up to having to preach weeks months i've mm. been really distracted i've been really mm. really angry i've been in a place and a place that i didn't know how to get out of like the old me, if you would, if we would have had this interview even a year ago, I'd be like, you need to be praying. You need to be mm -hmm. fasting. You mm -hmm. took a, took a, took a, took a. Mm -hmm. And I could give you the formula. And honestly, none of it worked. Mm -hmm. I went on a fast. Day one, I broke the fast. I started over. Broke the fast again. Like every, <laughs> And I'm usually good at fasting. Like, okay, you're going to give up alcohol or you're going to not eat dairy or no sweets mm -hmm. and whatever. If I say it's 14 days, I do 14 days. This fast, I could not get it mm. under control. I, there was, I was so in what I was in right. that worship wasn't working, prayer wasn't working, fasting wasn't working. I was like, God, what is this? Mm -hmm. Why am I wrestling so hard with this? And so it required me to be like David in the mm -hmm. Bible. And mm -hmm. for those who don't know the story of David, there was a moment in the Bible where David literally comes out into the streets naked and mm -hmm. he's just worshiping God naked. And I realized that I've put on a lot of stuff mm -hmm. since when I first came to Christ, right? I've mm -hmm. put on Bible study teacher, minister of the mm -hmm. gospel, mm -hmm. award-winning actress, and you put on these clothes mm -hmm. that then hinder your process or how, because you're, there are these other things that are like, well, I'm supposed to do it this way because of this piece of clothing. Right, right, I'm supposed right. to do it that way because, because I'm a husband, because I'm mm -hmm. a dad, because I'm a mom, because I'm a wife, because I'm a teacher. Like whatever you, that gets in the way of your healing, of your freedom, mm -hmm. and you're bound to these, to these titles, to these things. And I had to just strip it all. Mm -hmm. Again, it's another like, stripping. It's like, it's like a, like a knight with too much armor limiting the mobility. You're heavy. Yeah. You just, you can't get there fast enough, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. it's like, 
And I wanted to get to my healing faster because it was it was distracting me mm-hmm. from like what I'm really called to do because I'm I don't feel like ministering. I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to do my audition. I have no motivation. Like I'm stuck in this place. Mm-hmm. And I just sat in my house and cried mm-hmm. and wailed and just laid on my floor and was like, God, I don't know what this is mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do. And, and that's all I had. Mm-hmm. That's all I had. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Everything I've been doing isn't working. So I'm I'm just going to lay here mm-hmm. until you give me a different instruction. I'm just going to lay here until I feel something different. Like, I don't know. I don't. Sometimes you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that has to be okay. I think we as a people need to know. That's why people read horoscopes, right? They like right. need right. to know. There's that such part. a manipulation in that. Like, I need. And I was just telling my friend before I got here, I said, if you ever notice that the knowing comes in the unknown, like Mm -hmm. it in New York, sometimes I would get on a train stop I've never gotten off on Mm -hmm. just to discover a different part of the city Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Or trails here in LA, you go on the same trail all the time, but then there's like this little nook that you've never taken before. And you're like, let me try that way. That's an unknown. You don't know what's over there. But in that unknown, you discover something about that place, about like yourself. yourself. Mm-hmm. And so we're so afraid to be in the unknown. We're so afraid to, to not know what to do. But it is in the not knowing that God can come in and really help you mm, discover. In the stillness. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally arrested myself and gave <laughs> gave away this idea that because I'm such and such, I'm supposed to know mm-hmm. how to get to healing. The moment I say, God, I know nothing. Mm. You know everything. Then God could help me discover something else. Mm-hmm. And then God said, this is what you're going to preach. You're going to preach and teach about the honesty. And that that's how I started my sermon. If we're being real, as the body of Christ, we're not honest. We're not mm. honest with ourselves and we're not honest with people. Mm. That's why you have people who be like, I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> right. You know, they're not yeah. being honest about where they really are. Mm-hmm. And it keeps us bound. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, I'm I'm scared, Lord, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And so I preached on distraction and anger because I've been really angry lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, we got to put that at the bottom. Like, I go check it out so everybody can run, yes. run to go check go, that out. Go. I'm going to go check it out myself, you know, um, because that's something that even of as of late, mm-hmm. mainly distraction. Yeah. And what I've realized recently, it's been distraction in the form of overproduction mm-hmm. and- Overstimuli. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially with like learning new things. Mm-hmm. There's like a trap within that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. Almost like we were talking about earlier about mm-hmm. reading books all the time. Mm-hmm. Instead of me reading books all the time, I'm taking courses. I'm watching these YouTube videos mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. And then you you reach a point where it's like, where's the implementation? How are you applying it? Now you didn't learn all this stuff and you ain't did not one of those 50 bullets you done wrote mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go check that out as well. I'm gonna go check that out as well. So, but before we we get out of here, I definitely want to hear about, you know, if you want to talk about it, mm-hmm. what you got going on in the back channels, you yeah. know, if you want to share the exciting news yeah. with the people. 
There's so much. I mean, God is so good, right? Like mm-hmm. he will multiply your gifts and dreams that were deferred can come to pass. You know, because my father was a writer and my father was a poet, I wanted to be like him. And then in my rebellious years, because our relationship was really complicated, mm-hmm. I wanted to be nothing like him. And so I ran from writing for a really long time. But poetry was a, was my diary. Mm. I don't know what it is. Journaling is great, and mm. journaling is really good for people. I haven't mastered the consistency of that. Mm. Like, I will start a diary, and then I go back to it, and a third of it is empty. Like, right. I, you know, I just, in my lifetime, it hasn't been something that I've yet been in. I want to claim that there will be a time where I'm in there and I'm writing <laughs> consistently. But, you know... I couldn't do that. And so poetry became a safe space Mm. when my parents would fight, when dysfunction was happening in the house. It would be my outlet to write how I would feel when I was going through a breakup. Mm. It would. And so during when my dad died, I started writing poetry again as a way to honor him because National Poetry Month is the same month of my father's birthday, Mm. Mm. which is April. Mm -hmm. And so every April I would write poems and I would put it on my blogs. But during the pandemic, I did my first open mic. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to do, like perform my poems because mm-hmm. I've never done that. And then there was a scholarship being offered by an independent publishing company to produce your first book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I asked the Lord, I said, okay, I'm just going to try it. And I won the scholarship. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget when I won the scholarship, the Lord brought to my attention a book that was <clears throat> on my bookshelf. And it was a book that said, The Young Writer's Guide to Getting Published. Mm. My dad took me to Barnes and Nobles and there he bought me that book because I said I wanted to be published just like him. Mm. Mm-hmm. And in that moment when I got my scholarship, I was like, wow, I totally forgot about this dream. Mm-hmm. I totally mm-hmm. forgot that I wanted to be a published author. Mm-hmm that this even still mattered to me. And so that moment was for my 12 year old girl, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. and it's been a journey. It's taken me two years to like, cause that's the thing when you come face to face with your dream and one that you totally like put away and forgot Mm -hmm. and thought would never happen, then everything's going to come to distract you, to lie to you, to tell you, I mean, I can't tell you how many times the devil would come into my mind and say, no one's going to buy this book. Mm, No one's going to read it. mm -hmm. There's all these famous poets. They're better than you. You know, Mm, like just all this mm, stuff. It's just all the doubt. Just a lie. But here we are. The book is done. Book is done. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. It's Uh being edited. And then it'll go to my publisher for the illustration you know the book cover to be made and Mm -hmm. and it'll drop this summer you know my first ever and it's crazy because i got a dm from somebody that was like hey so i'm starting back up my poetry night and we're looking for someone to headline Mm -hmm. and you know your friend told me that you're the best poet and like Uh my friend alley ooped for me to like and whether or not that happens Uh or not Uh it doesn't change that here i am being considered right to be a headliner, right? A headliner poet next to the names of other people who have hosted before. Mm. That like again, you're always in our humanness and in our frailty. We think so small compared so to God. So small, and that's why it says He will do exceedingly abundantly mm-hmm. beyond anything mm-hmm. you could ask or think. Because you couldn't think it. You couldn't think 
that you would be a headliner because I don't have a hundred thousand, right. five hundred thousand followers. Yeah, because if and it was usually up to that's you, who you it goes to. Yeah, you wouldn't do it. But yeah. the favor of mm-hmm. the Lord is not fair. Mm-hmm. You know. But it is final because God has the mm. final say. My friend always says that favor ain't fair, but it's final. It's final. I love that. And I'm that. like, ooh, yeah. yep. Because he's <laughs> he when he, he said what he said. Mm-hmm. You gonna headline this? You're gonna open up for such and such. Your your invention is Shark Tank might have said no, but guess what? You're in Target stores all over the right. place. Like there's right. so many stories. You know. Jennifer did not win American Idol. Look what Oscar winner mm, has her own mm-hmm. show. Like there's all these examples of like you couldn't thought or imagine mm-hmm, where he'd take you. Mm-hmm. And so here I am about to be a published author. I love it. I Just love another it. title Look, put on. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why I was like, I, I would really love if you could come on because yeah. I'm I'm really big on highlighting people who, you know, I I'm inspired by, I admire, and, you know, there's always been, especially with me, a fight of the, like, jack of all trades, negative connotation, and and you shouldn't do multiple things, and you shouldn't embrace your multiple gifts and things of that nature. So I love to have people come here and talk about, look, I do all All the things. Well, before we go, can I ask you a question? Of course, anything. anything. I I would love... Because we didn't tell the people how we met. So mm. I would love for you to tell the people how we met and what your impression of me was. Okay, so... <laughs> I always love to hear what people think when they first meet me. I know. I would say... Okay, so we met on set you of Cameo's uh, short. short film. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I remember meeting you. And you had you had an energy to you. And you still do. Like, yeah. you know, you are who you are. That's very... Um, what's the word I want to say? It draws you in. Mm. So we had, we're in we're in the living room, a room full of people, and yeah. it's like small space. But you were commanding the attention, not because you were trying to. It's right. just who you are. You know, the, there's an energy about you and personality about you. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, she seems cool. Like she's not afraid to be herself. Mm. You know, and I think. Especially at that point in time, you know, it was still like, I've been here, it'll be seven years this year. Yeah, and we met in 2018. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was like the first half of me, you know, being out here. So I'm still kind of getting acclimated and mm-hmm. adjusting to being around even certain types of people. Right. So whenever I I find someone that I'm kind of drawn to, like, oh, She's genuine, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's genuine over there. Then I gravitate towards, you know. So that that is what I thought about in the moment because you you stood out like a sore thumb because I had been so used to people putting on mm-hmm. and even 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 hiding who they are, like people even people I know, right. I'm like, you ain't, you don't act like that. Like, right. what, who is right. this person right. that's like in this room all of a sudden? <laughs> right, right. I was just with you yesterday. Right. And you was not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, uh-huh. so that, that was the biggest thing for me. You know, somebody who was just unapolog- unapologetically herself. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I always love to see. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, I, I didn't. I had no idea we'd be sitting down doing this, right. <laughs> but it's part of the reason why. I, I yeah. always feel like 
we are attracted to certain people for mm -hmm. specific things mm -hmm. that we may not see in the moment, right. but we will see at some point, mm -hmm. you know? And there was a reason why I was like, oh, it's just same cool. And then, and then seeing the journey, even from afar, right. I was a like, lot has changed. I was like, oh, we, we got to talk. <laughs> and we got to talk in front of the people, you know? Because like I said, yeah. before we started, I was like, I, I want to just shed light yeah. because I know I know what I've been through in LA yeah. by myself right? with all these feelings and thoughts. Yeah. And I don't want that for anybody else. Right. You know? So I was like, oh, I, I would love for, you, for her to share her story. That's so good. Yeah. I started my Bible study two weeks after I met you. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I would so like to say I got something to do with that. No, it, it, <laughs> no, I mean, it's crazy. Five years went by. like Just that. like that, yeah. I'm like, it'll be five years this summer. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. You going to do anything big? Another Jesus party? Not another Jesus party. We go on a retreat every year. Oh, nice. So we're going to, you know, we go out to the wilderness, no phones. Mm. We get with the Lord. And so that's our mm -hmm. annual retreat to, mm -hmm. like, celebrate the the women's group. So mm. we're, we're going to do that. Have you ever gone to Joshua Tree? I have once, uh -huh. but really fast. I okay. did a play in the desert, uh -huh. and we decided to go to Joshua Tree mm -hmm. on one of my days off. But I need to go and like do what y'all be doing yeah, on the ground, like rent a house, <laughs> <laughs> be out there in the outdoor bathtub. Because I've, know, do I've heard cute. some things about just the energy there, yeah. you know, yeah. and like not even just from people's personal experiences, but even like scientifically well, speaking. Yes. Like so, uh, I want to go. I want to go. I don't know if it's going to be, I don't know if I'm going to do any ayahuasca and all that, but I just want to go. That We we need a part two to the podcast. <laughs> talk about how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I know, I know we for sure going to be here forever. Um, I want to make sure that I, I give you your flowers and, you. and again, tell you that. Even from afar, you know, I am immensely inspired by you. I uh, admire what you do, and I'm always receiving the message. And I'm a fan. I'm a fan, you know, fan and friend. And I appreciate you for sitting down with me, taking time out of your day. You. you know, time <laughs> is expensive. And we, we spent a lot today. You know, good fellowship. Iron oh, sharpening yeah, of iron. Of course, yeah. It was, it was a good time. Yeah. It was a good time. Um. Are you gonna bless us with with some spoken word today? Oh, I can, yay! And we gotta do it on the spot. You I know, can we, read something. We could cut to something if you want to do it right now. It's cool. Yeah, I can read something from my book. I'm I'm so excited about this collection. I'm really mm -hmm. excited. Um, my book is called Between Spaces mm -hmm. because I have. As we talked about my name and my identity, mm -hmm. I've felt it's a great time. Yeah, I felt between a lot of spaces. Mm -hmm. And then in life, you're between spaces, right? You're mm -hmm. in transition. Like it just means a lot. Or like reading between the lines when mm -hmm. you're like dealing with people. There's just so many instances about being between spaces. Yeah, so for sure. I that's what my collection's called. That's what the Lord gave me. Plus, but in my mouth, there's this big space, right? <laughs> and and it's been part of my identity mm -hmm. for so long, but it was also something for so long that I was very ashamed of mm. or people made fun of me or 
people told me I would never make it in this business mm. if I didn't close my gap or people, when I was first going to move here, I remember one of my family members was like, you're really going to Hollywood with a gap? Really? Like you're not going to close it? And so there was so much like, even throughout my nine years here, if I'm being honest again, mm. this place, there are a lot of beautiful people here. Mm. And it's not that I'm not beautiful, but again, you're up against the people who beauty is their occupation. Right. Like and and, and according to a standard. A certain aesthetic, right? Yeah. Like I was telling you, it's a full-time job to look like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty. I think I'm pretty. Yeah, for sure. But to look like that, people have a team. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah. Beyonce has Beyonce was naturally beautiful, but the the, the way she looked right now is because she got a team. Yeah, for sure. So we we set ourselves up to be pinned to a, just an aesthetic that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I say all that to say <laughs> my space is something I've embraced and mm -hmm. now I'm writing between spaces, right? And so each chapter mm -hmm. is a different... So chapter one is who are you? Chapter two is family ties. Mm -hmm. Chapter three is lovers and lies. And chapter four is God and truth. Mm -hmm. Because all those things inform a different space of my life and also being between spaces because of those things. Mm. And so I love it. Um one of my favorite poems is Between the World and Me and I wrote it because I was teaching a class at Fairfax High School mm -hmm. and we were reading that book Between the World and Me by um Tahashi P Coates. Mm -hmm. And so Between the World and Me. What did it mean? When I thought there wasn't a place for me. I wasn't ready. To not be black enough, not Latin enough. Caught up between two worlds, wanting to belong, growing up was tough. My hair was too kinky, so they gave me a big cut. Then they criticized my accent, saying, are you really Spanish or what? Stop talking black, stop talking rough. You're Latin? <laughs> You're not sexy enough. But wait, stop claiming black. Go back to your Latino camp because you have a language in a country you can go back. So why check off the box that says black? Divide and conquer, this ignorance was whack. Now I'm all grown up, this vibrant woman full of swag, and I dare you to tell me that I ain't black. Hmm. Come on now. <laughs> come on now. If y'all at home, come on, snap with your boy. Y'all know y'all want to snap. I don't care where you listening, because snap them fingers. Thank you. I love it. I love it. And you know what? I remember uh, you sending me the video of oh, you yes. performing. Yes. Um, what I what I loved about it was the the energy that you brought to it. Thank you know, you. you weren't just up there like just reciting a poem. Yeah. You know, it no, was I'm a performer. Yeah, you, you know. And and that's the <laughs> beauty of up. it. Like you you bring us into your world. Yeah. You know, like I didn't feel like you were reciting a poem or even reading from your phone. Right. I could I could see everything. Mm. You know, I could yeah. see the words and feel the words. So I appreciate you Thank sharing you. your yes. time. Thank you. Your babies. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Watch the sermon. Get the book this summer. Yeah, all that. All that. Let the people know where they can find you. Listen, it branding, we were talking about. I'm Selly Hangout. All of the things. Mm -hmm. My website, my social media, my email, Selly mm -hmm. Hangout. Because you want to hang out with me, don't you? Come on now. C-E-L-I Hangout. Yeah. Franceli. Yes. Come on now. Me. I appreciate you. Thank you. This has been another episode of Will the World Podcast. Yeah. I am your host, Jazz Will. And until next time, peace and love. Peace and love.